my eyes are ever towards the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Today's stational church in Rome is the Basilica of St. Lawrence without the walls. And so we go, spiritually, on pilgrimage today to this Basilica of St. Lawrence without the walls, wherein we venerate the bodies of the holy deacons, Saints Lawrence and Stephen. Among the prayers of thanksgiving after Holy Mass, contained in the Roman Missal, and recommended daily for the use of the priest, we find the collect of none other than St. Lawrence, begging for, in rather graphic language, the extinction of the vice, the flames of the vice of impurity. The collect of St. Stephen begs for the grace of heroic charity. And the patriarch Joseph, whose story we read this week in the Divine Office, typifies these two virtues. The chastity evoked by the Collect of St. Lawrence and the charity named in the Collect of St. Stephen. You know that Joseph resisted the seductive overtures of the wife of Potiphar, chastity, and forgiving the brothers who sold him to passing traders, he provided for them abundantly in time of famine, charity. Christian holiness, you see, is always ardens et luce burning with charity and shining with chastity. For both virtues, we are, all of us, utterly dependent on the grace of Christ. And so, in the intro it today, we fix our eyes on the face of Christ and sing, Oculi mei ad dominum semper. My eyes are ever towards the Lord, for he shall pluck my feet out of the snare, the snare of temptation. Look thou upon me, we pray to Christ, and have mercy on me, for, understand here, in the throes of temptation I am alone and poor. And the verse, again taken from Psalm 24, To thee, O Lord, have I lifted up my soul, a prayer from the heart, sung with one's eyes fixed on the face of Christ. I put my trust in thee, O my God. Let me not be put to shame. The collect today has us pray. We beseech thee, O Almighty God, look upon the desires, the vota, 
the desires of thy humble servants. One might also translate the word uh, humilium uh, of those who are brought low. The word has about it the connotation of being on the ground. It's a, it, it's, it's a very evocative word. We beseech thee, O Almighty God, look upon the desires, the prayers of those who are brought low, of those who are lying on the ground, and stretch forth the right hand of thy majesty to be our defense. The perfect prayer in time of temptation. Now the epistle, which is echoed today in the chapter at Lauds, at Terse, and again at Vespers, the epistle sets before us the mystery of the Christus Passus, Christ, the immolated lamb, Christ, the sacrificial victim, and this for our imitation. The Apostle says, Christ also hath loved us and hath delivered himself for us. This is the, the very action of sacrifice. Christ made himself over to God. An oblation and a sacrifice for an odor of sweetness. The Apostle writing to the fledgling Christians of Ephesus, would have them know that the imitation of the Lamb, Christians are imitators of the Lamb. And the Apostle writing to the Ephesians would have them know that the imitation of the Lamb obliges them to a beautiful and shining chastity to a purity of heart that renounces all that would sully the altar. This is a ritual purity here. This is a priestly purity. A purity of heart that renounces all that would sully the altar or in any way taint the spotless oblation. To frail men, to the likes of us, this is well-nigh impossible. Imagine how it sounded in the ears of the Ephesians. To us this is well-nigh impossible, but not to God. And therefore, in the tract of today's Mass, we return to the image of the introit, the eyes fixed on God, or if you will, fixed on the adorable face of Christ. We sang in the tract, To thee, understand, to thee, O Christ, have I lifted up my eyes, who dwellest in heaven. Behold, as the eyes of servants are on the hands of their masters, and as the eyes of the handmaid are on the hands of her mistress, so are our eyes unto the Lord our God, until he have mercy on us. There is in this tract something of 
that wordless prayer, a prayer that consists only in the gaze of the heart fixed on the face of Christ. And then we come to the Gospel. It is a twofold Gospel. The first part is lengthy, and the second part very brief. First, there is our Lord's teaching on the primeval home invader. The primeval home invader is the devil. He who brought about the downfall of our first parents, slithering in paradise beneath the tree, seeks still and always to invade the hearts and the homes of those whom God destines for glory. The divided home, like the divided heart, is unguarded and subject to diabolical invasion. The home and the heart guarded by ceaseless prayer is safe because it is inhabited by the Word of God. It shines with the divine light in all its windows, and the fire of divine charity burns in its heart. The second part of the Gospel, which, and this is an interesting detail of today's liturgy, it is the second part of the Gospel that final sentence, if you will, that is highlighted at the Magnificat Antiphon at Vespers today. One would expect the first part of the Gospel, which is very long, to be taken up by the Magnificat Antiphon. Not so. It is that last part of the Gospel that will be repeated, that will enshrine the Magnificat, and very fittingly, because it contains an allusion to the all-pure Mother of God. One who hears the Word of God and keeps it is blessed by the presence of God and by his protecting power. The Christian, therefore the monk, is inhabited by the word of God, according to that saying of the Apostle, let the word of Christ dwell in you abundantly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual canticles, singing in grace in your hearts to God. One in whom the word of Christ dwells abundantly, tastes its rightness, the rightness of the Word of Christ, tastes its power, tastes its sweetness. And so we shall sing today in the offertory antiphon, the justices of the Lord are right rejoicing hearts, and his judgments are sweeter than honey and the honeycomb, for thy servant keepeth them. The offertory antiphon again today uh, is in 
continuity with the last sentence of the Gospel. It's a marvelous thing to discover how often the offertory antiphon in some way completes the Gospel and turns it to prayer. So that in the Gospel, we have the descending word. And the offertory antiphon takes the descending word and sends it back to the source whence it came in the form of our prayer. The secret of today's Mass returns to the purity set forth by St. Paul in the Epistle. It asks that we may be cleansed of our sins and <coughs> sanctified. And the word sanctified means set apart for God alone. The term secret used to designate the prayer over the holy oblations of bread and wine refers not to the uh, tone of voice taken for the prayer, but to this, that by this prayer the bread and wine are set apart for the holy sacrifice. And we, in the secret of today's Mass, ask to be sanctified, that is, to be set apart, to be wholly identified with the victim on the altar, and this in soul and in body. The communion antiphon goes back to the first part of the Gospel. It is a mystic allusion to our Lord's teaching, the safe house, the house that shines with the presence of God, the house safe from the incursions of the enemy rises where? Around the altar. Every church is, in effect, built to house the altar. One does not first build a church and then put an altar in it. One erects an altar, and the church is built over the altar to shelter it. Where the altar is, there is the presence of Christ. He who receives the body of Christ becomes at once altar and temple. From the heart of one nourished by the bread of life, as from the altar of the holy sacrifice, Christ exercises his priesthood, offering himself to the Father as the pure victim, the holy victim, the spotless victim. Rightly, then, will we sing today at Holy Communion, the sparrow hath found herself a house, and the swallow a nest, where she may lay her young ones, thine altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God, blessed are they that dwell in thy house. They shall praise thee forever and ever. Blessed are we that dwell in thy house. We shall praise thee forever and ever. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.